TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Welcome back, Michael and Travis with you. And let's go to Kansas City in about 25 minutes, shall we? Uh, if not faster, right? If not faster. Let's uh, bring into the conversation on this edition of Nothing Impossible, Andrew Smith, head of innovation and entrepreneurialism for the St. Louis Regional Chamber. Thank you for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. So for people who I think everybody's heard of Hyperloop at this point, right? Well, this right, is Travis? Yeah, well, well, you know, loops and trolleys and like transportation have been a big buzz in the St. Louis region, but this is not the U City Loop. This is the Hyperloop. This is the Elon Musk Hyperloop between <laughs> uh, you know, St. Louis and possibly Kansas City. Yeah, Andrew, explain what Hyperloop is. So basically Hyperloop is um, what we believe will be the, the the next generation, the next significant leap forward in transportation infrastructure. It's first proposed by Elon Musk, and essentially what it is is it's a magnetically levitated train inside a vacuum tube. And so what that does is it allows you to take advantage of the two best features of those, of that technology, of each of those technologies: lack of friction, lack of air resistance, and you have a train inside a tube, which has an atmosphere inside it that's essentially like being at two hundred thousand feet. And that allows you to travel at speeds of up to 650 miles an hour. What I think, what I think is really interesting is uh, I moved out here from California, and there's, you know, California, and still they're still working on this whole idea of high-speed rail. And even when they started this, probably a decade ago, I thought as much infrastructure as this is going to take, by the time it's finished, it's going to be an outdated mode of transportation. Uh, I, what is it about the Hyperloop that is other than the science behind it? Uh, how, why is this such a great idea for a region like this, like Missouri and uh, the Midwest? Sure. So, I mean, I think I think that's always something you have to keep in mind when you're looking at transportation um, and, and infrastructure investment, right? Is you know, is is this going to be obsolete by the time we get it implemented? The difference, I think, with Hyperloop is number one, the technology is essentially validated today, right? We've had the magnetically levitated trains in in China and other um, Asian countries, and even now in the Near East um, for over a decade. And that technology is there. Um, buildable today. We've had vacuum tubes since the 19, you know, 40s and 50s, right? When you'd pull up at a, a bank and put your money in the slot <laughs> yeah. and then back comes a lollipop. Um, so one is, I think, the, the viability and, and near-term achievability of the technology. The other is, you know, this is, this is um, a real quantum leap uh, um, in terms of linking regions and mega regions. So high-speed rail, you know, you can get ra- rail up to 200 miles an hour, maybe 220, 230 if you're lucky. Um, that's great. I don't want to minimize that. I think there's a, a real role for that. But there's a difference between that and 650 miles an hour. And the difference is you can go between downtown Kansas City and downtown St. Louis in 24 minutes on a Hyperloop. You're not going to be able to do that on traditional high-speed rail. When you said that speed, Travis and I both, like our eyebrows raised, <laughs> yeah. that is an incredible speed. It's it's hard to comprehend almost. It, it really is. And, I mean, the good news, again, is that we, the company that we're spending most of our time with, Hyperloop One, which is now actually Virgin Hyperloop One because Richard Branson from Virgin hmm. has come in and, and uh, put a significant amount of money behind it. Um, they are the only company that has a full-scale prototype. And they are constantly doing testing on it, constantly expanding it. 
They just recently, December 15th, in fact, had another test, got up to 250, 260 miles an hour on that test. They used the entire length of the track that exists today. So for mm-hmm. them to hit the next level of their speed uh, trials, they're going to have to actually build more track. Hmm. And what is, so what's St. Louis's role in all of this? Like, why are, why are we part of this conversation? So if you go back to 2015 or so, um, there was an engineer with um, MoDOT, Missouri Tar- Department of Transportation, um, who was working with another group of engineers in the department on this thing called the Road to Tomorrow. And it was basically a look at what can you do along the I-70 route that will drive innovation. And they were looking at all kinds of things, solar farms. They were looking at embedded technology in the asphalt that will, like, generate electricity through static. Cool stuff. One of the things they looked at was Hyperloop. Hmm. And this was about the time that Hyperloop One had announced their global competition. So they invited cities from around the world to submit, right, um, their route proposal. Well, this engineer um, worked with other engineers, put together a really strong proposal to link Kansas City, Columbia, and St. Louis. It was so strong, in fact, that we were one of only 35 semifinalists out of 2,600 submissions that came in from around the world. Now, a lot has happened in the interim. And by the way, that engineer is Tom Blair, who is Mm. now the head engineer for the St. Louis district Mm. and is part of our Missouri Hyperloop Coalition. So he's deeply involved in this. What are the folks at Virgin... Virgin Hyperloop One now. What do they say about this St. Louis to Kansas City route with Columbia in the middle versus uh, some of the others that have made it through to this final round? And what are some of those others? I know Colorado's been mentioned, but who else? So there are um, there are a few other routes around the world. First of all, they what they will say, and they have said publicly, is that we're one of the top five, if not top three, routes that they're looking at globally, mm. which is phenomenal position to be in. In fact. You know, I don't want to get in trouble for this because I'm a big supporter of the Amazon HQ2 project, right? We all <laughs> yeah. want that. But if you think about it, right, Amazon HQ2, we're one of 238 cities that submitted. And it's a $5 billion investment. Hyperloop One, we're one of five, maybe one of three, and it's a $20 billion plus investment. So the, the scope of the opportunity there is, you know, significantly higher in my opinion. Um, so they will tell you that we're one of the best routes that they have. They'll tell you that we are more engaged than just about anyone else that they're working with. Um, They've given us a roadmap for what we need to do to compete all the way to the end, and we're following that roadmap very closely. So uh, if this happens, I'm I'm imagining it takes more than 25 minutes to get to uh, West County Mall. Uh, So (laughs) to get down to the the downtown district of Kansas City would be pretty exciting. Uh, You'd you'd be deciding, do I go to the Galleria or do I go to Country Club Plaza for— your right. shopping. It would, it would make the you know make baseball season that much more exciting. Oh too. yeah, that uh, I seventy series. Uh, we talked about this. Rename it the Hyperloop series. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what would I mean, what would this do from the entrepreneurial standpoint uh, for innovation within the region? Not only to win something like this, but the way to start spreading out innovation across that that path that the loop is on. Right. That innovation won't be necessarily housed in the in the hubs, but really along that entire path are opportunities. Uh, that's exactly right, Travis. So so. You know, one of the things that I like and, and Hyperloop One likes about our proposal is we have so much to gain from this. In a lot of ways, we have more to gain than any of the other cities or regions that are out there proposing it. And the reason is this. In Missouri, we have this really weird situation, right, where we have two major metropolitan areas on opposite sides of the state that straddle state lines. And mm-hmm. what do we do between those two cities? Well, we fight with each other all the time, right? I mean, it's classic sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. And so we end up tearing each other down, beating each other up. And there's a certain amount of competition, I think, that's healthy and that produces the best Mm -hmm. in both of those cities. But there are times when it gets to be unhealthy. 
So you look at a situation like the Amazon HQ2 proposal, and you think, well, these two cities are, are, are both proposing to have Amazon located there. If, you know, in a traditional world without a Hyperloop, if one of them wins and the other loses, it's a catastrophe for the one that loses. Well, if we have Hyperloop that's linking those two cities along with a major research university in between them, both cities win. We essentially have created a single economic mega region of 5 million people. Mm-hmm. Now, to put that in perspective, 5 million people would make that the ninth largest economic region in the country, mm. bigger than Boston, which is about 4.7 million, bigger than San Francisco, which is about 4.4 million. Does that mean that we're going to be Boston or San Francisco overnight when we build this? No, of course not. But it does mean that we have a lot more to offer companies like Amazon or any entrepreneur or any business that's looking to locate in this in this part of the country. Yeah, it's a fundamental rethinking of, I mean, changing the paradigm. When you said the word region, mm-hmm. my mind, I'm sure a lot of people's minds, Travis, went to, all right, St. Louis City, County, the Metro East, you right, know. Right. But region becomes the state of Missouri across this innovation corridor. Andrew Smith of the Regional Chamber, we've talked with you about Hyperloop before. What's the latest now with the process, with the conversations, with the raising of private money? And there's a public meeting coming up, too. There, there is. So um, there's a lot of work going on. Um, I'm traveling to D.C. this weekend, and there's a meeting of uh, about eight or nine different states, um, D- departments of transportation, engineering organizations, other interested parties. And we're really going to be focusing on the federal regulatory um, framework that we need for this. Um, so that's exciting. Um, in terms of our own proposal, um, we are, I'd say, very, very close to being able to make some interesting announcements about it. And I got to be careful what I say. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to step on our our, uh, our press coming up in the next few weeks. But um, the thing we were told um, by Hyperloop One that we needed to do was build this public-private coalition, which we've done, and raise the funds for a major engineering feasibility study to stud- to look at that route right along I-70 and look at it in real detail and look at the cost and look at the um, environmental impacts and look at the regulatory situation. Um, We got a number of bids. Um, We've evaluated those bids. We've selected a partner. We're very close to being able to make an announcement on that partner. And I would say I am um, extremely confident that we have the funding in place to be able to cover any of the costs associated with that. Well, speaking of funding, we're going to make a, a, a shift away from Hyperloop, but looking at funding and the role that the chamber plays, a lot, especially as it relates to advocacy and policy, uh, we're in a new legislative session here in, in the state of Missouri. Uh, on the table, again, is uh, funding and discussion of funding uh, that used to be called Missouri Technology Corporation, uh, now has maybe, maybe a, a version 2.0. Can you give us an update on what's going on on funding, innovation, and entrepreneurship in the region and the state? Sure. So, um the, the, the impetus for Hyperloop really came out of the Governor's Innovation Task Force, which convened over the summer. Um, I, I know you guys covered it. Your listeners probably know plenty about it, so I don't need to go over that in any detail. But there were about 30, 35 recommendations or options that came out of that. Hyperloop was one of them. We leaned in, and that's how we ended up getting where we are today with it. Um, another one um, that we think is uh, at least as important is the Missouri Venture Fund, which is essentially the next generation, I guess I would say, of MTC. Mm-hmm. And the idea here is that you leverage the bond rating of the state, which is outstanding, one of our greatest assets, uh, to create a you know, 100 to $250 million venture fund professionally managed um, using some public money, some private money coming in to support regional entrepreneurship. That's absolutely critical. We've got to get something like that through. And we have a window of opportunity to make that happen. We're going to be focusing on it um, quite a bit in 2018, including 
a little bit later this month on January 17th when we have our legislative day in Jefferson City. All right. And also later this month, what are the details uh, for people who want to learn all about Hyperloop? Maybe they've got some questions. When's this meeting? Um, the the meeting in Jefferson City? Uh, the meeting on Hyperloop, January 23rd? I January 23rd um, at 7.30 a.m. at the Chamber. All right. Andrew Smith of the St. Louis Regional Chamber, thank you so much for the update. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll be back with more Nothing Impossible. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.